But owning your own business and reinvesting your capital inside that business could be some of the better returns that you could generate at a lower risk. It's also, it doesn't have to be bright and shiny. It doesn't have to be the newest thing. It It's okay to invest in things that you already know and understand. It doesn't have to be new and different. So don't ever invest in something that one, you're not comfortable with, two, you don't understand, three is too, too expensive relative to the value that you think it's worth, and um, fourth, into something that could endanger your, your financial base. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. This podcast is intended for free thinkers, entrepreneurs, and knowledge seekers. Join us as we discuss relevant financial topics, explore with guests their financial journeys, and engage with experts in industries such as space, media and entertainment, real estate, and many more. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required. You're with your hosts, myself, Tim Bickmore, and my colleague, Nathaniel Leach. And today we are going to talk about private investments, Nathaniel. And the reason why we want to talk about this is some of our clientele are in a position to be able to have this part of their portfolio allocation. So there might be a position in which they can put their investable assets into these type of investment vehicles, which have different characteristics than, for example, the public stock market or the public fixed income or debt markets. Um, And they can be a good complement to what people are trying to do when they're looking to build wealth. Now, the private investment space is very vast. It's very big. It's large. So we're going to try to slim it down into a way of like, how do we think about this? What is some framework behind it? and just give some thoughts on where we've been and and what we're looking at specifically for some of our clientele. I should also mention that some of our clients will bring us these deals, real estate deals and other things that we take a look at. So we just get a lot of exposure to this type of um, investment. And so we wanted just to talk a little bit about it and give some education around the subject. That sound good to you, Nathaniel? Sounds like plan. All right, man. Well, now I get to ask you some questions. So gear up, you're gonna help answer some. So the first thing I want to start with, Nathaniel, is could you just explain to the audience, like, what technically is a private investment? What does that even mean? It's a good question. So a private investment typically means an investment investment that is available to uh, specific types types of investors uh, that is typically not not the typical individual. And I shouldn't say typical individual. I should say um, a person who doesn't meet a certain qualification. So the qualification that I'm referencing uh, is that typically you must be an accredited investor or higher. And there's different levels of classification, which include accredited, qualified client, and a qualified purchaser. And then beyond that, you get into like institutional. So um, entities such as the California, California Pension um, or, or CalPERS. I think they're maybe those are the one and the same. Um, those types of big shops, that's where you get into that kind of level. So an accredited, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but an accredited investor, you must have, if you uh, file your taxes single, you have to have earned $200,000 in income or greater for the past two tax years. So you have to have tax returns to back it up. And then if you are <clears throat> filing jointly with somebody, then you have to have $300,000 or greater in the last two years. 
or you have to have greater than, I think it's $1.2 million or $1.1 million in assets, not including your primary home. They may have increased with inflation. Um, a million came to my head, but you might be right at the 1.1 or 1.2. You have to look at the, the current mm-hmm. regulation. But yes, and that, and that is a big deal too, is to make sure we exclude the primary residence's equity in that net worth calculation. Correct. Yep. Uh, so that's that's what's an accredited investor, and, and, and then you have those different qualifications. And then with qualified client and qualified purchaser, those qualifications start to become more stringent, meaning you have to have a bigger net worth is really what that comes down to in order to participate in certain types of investments, which sometimes is around the fee structure or the, the deal structure in which someone can participate in um, via regulation. So it is. It's not available to the "quote unquote" general public. Is the is probably what you would hear um, more to certain individuals that can participate in this type of uh, in investment going forward. Okay. Now that we know what a private investment is, let's talk a little bit about some of the deals that we see the most of. Um, Nathaniel, please jump in if I miss anything here. But I'm just going to walk through a few. Uh, the biggest one that we see: ding, 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 ding. Real estate. We see a lot of different real estate deals come across our desks. Now, this can come in a lot of different forms. Sometimes they are funds or things such as what we call REGs, real estate investment groups, not to be confused with real estate investment trusts. Those are structured differently. So it'd be participating in that type of a fund structure where they're buying multiple properties within this fund that you participate in. We also see individual deals. So to give a good example of what that may be, Let's say someone's looking to buy a grocery store, that building or the grocery store is that building in that lot, that property. They may um, spin up what's called a special special purpose vehicle in order to buy this building. Then the investors would participate in that vehicle in order to invest in the grocery store. Now, to be very to be clear here, an SPV or a special purpose vehicle can be used to buy a lot of things. It could be used to buy an entertainment company. It could be used to 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 really facilitate any type of investment. It's just a, a certain vehicle in which people will do. Sometimes venture capital is another good example of that. Um, just to be clear there, it's just another way that we see a lot of real estate deals being structured, typically speaking. So, and those those real estate deals can vary in different forms where you're a limited partner. You could be a general partner. You could be doing a, a single deal. You could be a fund. Um, and then just making sure people recognize those different structures and what exactly you're buying into. So real estate is probably the number one. Moving on to a little bit more on the um, outskirts, you know, we've seen entertainment deals anywhere from small budget movies to uh, TV series to just different types of entertainment based investments that people are looking to raise funds for. Again, sometimes typically via an SPV type of in a vehicle. We also see venture capital. A decent amount as well. That's typically more in a fund structure with really VC funds um, that people will say, hey, I want to participate in this. Um, It's a little bit more traditional, I guess, when it comes to the structure of that type of an investment. We see private equity, which private equity, not to be confused with venture capital, different structures and how those are being done. Those are more typically in the fund sort of situations. Sometimes we see individual deals on that, not all the time. But every once in a while, we may see that come across our desks, um, you know, and we've seen even, for example, like small businesses where people are looking to buy a franchise, are looking to, you know, get into, let's say, um, Aussie Bulls, right? Like 
those are also technically private investments. They may not have some of the accreditations that Nathaniel talked about. More people could maybe buy into them, but that is a private investment. You are buying a small business that is not publicly traded. So it really it can it can go back and forth. We probably we've probably seen it <laughs> at this point. We've seen a lot. Um, there's also private debt structures that come across our desks as well. So it, it really does range a gamut. I don't know anything if I missed anything. I'm typically see if you want to mention anything, but it, it really it, it ranges quite a bit. Oh, I, I think that you you covered it fairly comprehensively. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that is one thing that we see quite a bit of, um, and it, which is really interesting. Now, I know Nathaniel kind of already talked a little bit about this is like, when can you make a private investment? So as Nathaniel mentioned earlier, we're looking at certain accreditations or certain qualifications to be able to participate. So as Nathaniel mentioned, there's the accredited investor, which is a certain limit. Then you have a qualified client and then a qualified purchaser. And those net worths continue to rise in order to participate in that. Now, there's been a lot of talk about how only the wealthy can participate in these type of investments to get these really good returns. So to give you an example, let's say someone wants to participate in SpaceX. It is not publicly traded. In order to participate in that, you would really be a private investment. Now, the general public can't access that at this point, but only people potentially in those higher net worth can. It's not always the easiest thing to do, but they potentially could. The general public has come out and there's a lot of me saying, well, why can't the general public participate? The reason why there are these accreditations or qualifications is for consumer protection. Now, one could argue that it's not protecting the consumer. They should be educated in order to make their own decisions and so on and so forth. But one could also make the argument that it is some protection because typically these type of investments have extreme illiquidity, right? That is a big risk, meaning I put my money into this type of a vehicle or this type of investment and I may not see it back for a really long time. So if I need those funds to live on, if I need those funds to buy something, I cannot access it, which can create a really real risk for somebody that doesn't have the net worth to support it. And that's really where a lot of that consumer protection is coming from is that people with larger amounts of money have the ability to take on this higher risk where the general public typically does not. Nathan, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, I, I No, I don't. I think that perhaps just a little bit more on, I, I, this is more of your world is how I would say it in terms of the financial planning aspect when it comes to our clients. Uh, it's, it's always interesting when we actually sit down with our clients uh, when they're newly onboarded and they say, some of them say, hey, my, my friend got in on this real estate deal or they got in on SpaceX. How did they, how could I do that? And then when we actually talk to them and we then work through our framework about how it might make sense for their friend, but not them, because sometimes our new client, they might say to us in answer, we might ask them, how much have you been putting into your 401k, as an example? Because that's typically a better vehicle to invest in first than it is to invest in SpaceX. It's less of a risk, per se, because you have access to publicly traded securities, mutual funds, ETFs via your 401k, whereas SpaceX is much higher, uh, much, much, much more riskier investment. And 
sometimes we hear that, oh, I, I haven't been putting that much into my 401k. Well, that, that should be addressed first, likely, before you invest in something like SpaceX. So it could be a matter of that their friend who's maybe earning the same as them is not doing the best allocation for them. Or maybe they are, because maybe they might have different goals. But if our clients come to us and say, hey, I want to retire by age 50, they have better chances of retiring. They have better odds, I would say, of retiring at age 50 if they put more money into their 401k than they do if they were to put their money in SpaceX. Maybe you have some thoughts on that, Tim? No, I think you bring, just to add a little bit more color to that, I think you hit it on the head, is we do have clients that come in with the net worths in order to participate in these type of investments. And most of the time we're saying, no, you're not there yet. Um, for those exact reasons that Nathaniel was explaining is that we want to make sure we're filling other buckets first in order to participate. This type of an investment really needs to be, as Dan would say, and me, Ying, maybe you have to leave me out here, but is fuck you money. And the reason why Dan says that is because you can risk you can risk that money in order to generate this potential high return. But if we don't have the ability to risk it, then we shouldn't be participating in it. In order to take the risk, we have to set a really good foundation and base, such as maxing out our 401k, having appropriate cash on hand, making sure we are diversified in certain ways in the portfolio. And once we get there, Nathaniel and I, let's do it. This is great. We can participate. And then how much do we allocate? What is the band in which we want to participate and add to that potential risk? Because other things come with private investments, a little bit more tax complexity, K-1s, a little bit slower, right? That is a little bit more cost, right? There are some other small nuanced complexities that come with private investments that also need to be addressed. So it's more so of making sure we're aware and understanding of why we're doing it. And the last part too that I want to say is the public markets do have more stringent regulation. They do. Publicly traded companies sometimes hate being public because there is a lot of regulation and red tape to help protect the consumer, right? At the end of the day. Now, the private world, there is less regulation which enhances the potential risk. So knowing what you're doing, having a good circle of confidence, doing due diligence on that specific investment or people that are doing these investments is extremely important and enhances a little bit more. Should always be doing that in general, but it is less regulated that you have to make sure you know exactly what's going on. And so again, if you were to put money in that you could not risk, then you shouldn't be doing it. And that is making sure that all that financial planning work uh, makes sense. So that's what I would add to that. You good? Anything else to add? All right, let's move on to my next my next bucket before we start thinking about how to frame this. This is our last topic before we start talking about framing this investment. So small businesses, why would we be talking about small businesses? So I'm gonna just kind of mention this. Nathaniel and I talk a lot about this with our clients that do have small businesses. Guess what? They are investing in private investments. Just happen to be their own business. Um, it is something that it, we, we bring up quite a bit. Um, Nathaniel, for example, um, talks about this a lot where it may make sense to reinvest back in your own business. It also may make sense to take cash out of that business and diversify it into higher rates of returns, depending on how that business is performing. But owning your own business and reinvesting your capital inside that business could be some of the better returns that you could generate at a lower risk. Now, Nathaniel, before I talk about that, why would that be a lower risk for somebody 
we're I just mentioned there's less regulation. It's more liquid. Illiquid. Why would someone owning their own business and reinvesting capital back into it potentially be less risk than on any other type of private investment? Um, I think I know where this is going. Tell me if this is what the answers that you were looking for. But sure. uh, off the top of my head, I want to say that you know your business better than anybody else and you are in control. So when you put those two together, so long as you execute well and provided that the if you reinvest your funds within your business and because that's, that's where the returns are, then in comparison to perhaps a lesser return with perhaps more risk where you are not in control, that to me, it always makes sense to invest in, the, in your own business. Yes, you, I set you up because I knew what you were going to say. You are correct. Door number one is correct. And I think that's a really good point and to talk about it. Now, don't get us wrong when it comes to planning and financial planning, diversifying away from a business. What is your exit strategy? How can you return that capital? That's everything that needs to be in conversation. But I think people sometimes miss when we sit there and they're like, hey, my buddy came with this great real estate deal or SpaceX. And they're like, but if you take that money, reinvest in your own business, it's going to be greater returns at potentially a risk adjusted better return too. Because you're in control, you understand what you're doing. You know the nuance to this investment because you're running it. You're operating it, um, which can be very valuable. So we like to just kind of mention that small business sometimes is a private, not sometimes is a private investment. It's just different. It's not uh, sometimes, I guess, as a uh, fancy, you know, just running my business. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I, I just actually I want to hit on that real quick. That's an excellent point. It's um. It's fascinating that some of the we, we've we've spoken about this on other podcasts. Uh, the the conversation regarding focus, um, invest in what you know, what you understand. Uh, the, this is I'm going to hit on it again. This this also applies even when you're investing in private investments managed by other people. It's what your what's it within your circle of competence, but. It's also, it doesn't have to be bright and shiny. It doesn't have to be the newest thing. It, it's okay to invest in things that you already know and understand. It doesn't have to be new and different. So I just wanted it to hit on that particular point there. Yes, I, I'm glad that you emphasized it because you are correct. Uh, okay, so now in the thing that we went through and we talked about what a private investment is, you know, what are the qualifications in order to get into private investments? And then Thinking a little bit differently, for example, like a small business could be a private investment. This is all fun and games and great, but at the end of the day, could we provide the audience maybe with a framework on how to even think about picking a private investment if they're in the position to maybe do so? What is our framework of thinking there? It's a great question. Um, it's a it's a frame anywhere you go, anything that you do in life, it's always a good idea to have a framework in mind. So for us, when it comes to Looking at private investments, our framework is the following. First, you should define what your goals are. Is it capital appreciation, income generation, portfolio diversification? Different goals fit different investment types. And then you have to consider your risk tolerance and your earnings expectations. Then you want to understand the private investment vehicle and, and what, what is it investing in? Is it investing in publicly traded equities? 
venture capital, private equity, real estate, angel investments, the list goes on. You want to learn about the specific structure that these, that, that these investment types are within and the terms of the investment, such as what is, the, um, what is your corresponding ownership stake? What is the uh, vehicle's equity uh, ownership stake within the entire deal? Because perhaps the SPV that you're investing within is only taking up a certain percentage of the overall deal and there's other parties involved. What is the exit strategy? What is the investment time horizon? And what are your potential liquidity options? Uh, and then the third filter or, or part of the framework is risk management. You have to consider factors like market conditions, competition within that, that particular investment, the regulatory environment, and specific risks inherent to the industry or the business model itself. As an example, uh, we always like to use the marijuana industry, thinking about all of the risks uh, that are incumbent upon that industry today, and then also the specific risks that may be involved with regards to the company that you're investing in across that industry, across the chain, um, be it the dispensary, the, the, the marijuana grower, et cetera. The next filter that you want to consider is the management or the leadership of this entity or vehicle or company. Uh, a business is nothing without the right management. One of three things that Warren Buffett looks for when deciding to invest is strong leadership with talent and integrity. You want to evaluate their experience, their track record, and the credibility of the management team behind the investment. So an example of this in the negative is some things that we've seen in, in the crypto industry in the past couple of years. Uh, the FTX, uh, Terra, the founders that are under criminal investigation. But, but that's not to say that there, isn't, that there aren't some positive aspects within that industry. We, we, what we have mentioned in the past are that the blockchain technology that crypto is built upon that has validity, that has capability for the future in our mind. So the final filter that you have to consider is the price you pay. So if all of the prior filters have passed through with a clean bill of health, health then this means that this is possibly a good idea to invest in. But, but it doesn't make it a good investment. It doesn't make it a good investment in the sense of returns. A good investment is a good, is a good product plus a reasonable price. If you overpay for something, then your then your returns are not going to be good, no matter regardless of if the investment is a good concept. If you overpay, you will not have a good return. It's a great framework, Danny. Now, the one thing, one of the things that I wanted to emphasize as well is the um, your bullet point number two, people who are listening and counting the thing as bullet points, understanding the private investment vehicles. I think that that is paramount when you're looking at private investments and understanding the structure of the deal and understanding what you're getting yourself into, looking at the subscription documents, reading through that. It's not fun. It's boring, but it is important because it makes you understand exactly what you're participating in and how it will work. For example, Let's say that you wanted to start a business with Nathaniel 
the first thing that Nathaniel's going to put in front of you is an operating agreement. You better read that operating agreement because Nathaniel's going to put in some stuff that you'd be like, whoa, wait a second. What? How are we making decisions? You have control where and here and how, right? Those are something that is very important. Now, you could be participating in an operating agreement with an LLC to buy a building with other individuals. Just understanding what you own and what control you have, that is an extremely important thing when you're in the private investment landscape because it can be looked over, it can be missed, and then you don't know how to get out or you don't know exactly what is going on. Um, so we'd always like to emphasize that. And sometimes the deal structure, the way in which maybe the fund, if you're getting into a fund, is being paid, you could have it could affect your returns as well. So understanding some of that nuance and detail, I think, is extremely important once you're looking inside these types of uh, private investments if you're looking to do so. Well, Nathaniel, that that, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Um, I think it's time to do a little bit of final thoughts. And so I am going to start since you were kind of the one that led that framework at the end, and then I'm going to kick it to you. Uh, I think overall thought process or overall thoughts on this when it comes to private investments is like anything else, of course, it's a good idea. It can also be a bad idea. It just depends on how you execute on it and, and the reasons and the intentions behind it, right? When is it time for me to participate in alternatives or private investments? You really, as Nathaniel mentioned early on, need to understand your planning. Are you well cash positioned? Have you maxed out your qualified buckets? Have you done everything else that you think you can do to put yourself in position to win over the long run and still have outside money and excess money? Then yeah, let's start looking into it. Let's start making sure that we can start participating in these type of investments. But once we start to participate, Having a framework in which Nathaniel laid out is extremely important because there is more inherent risk to these types of investments. So if you don't understand or don't know, please ask. Ask others, ask us, ask people who are participating and educate yourself as much as possible to understand what you are doing so you don't get burned, so you don't fall into a position in which you can't get back out of. Um, it's always okay to ask questions. Nathaniel says that all the time. Nathaniel will go in and we'll ask questions, even questions that maybe people will deem as dumb. And he doesn't care because he wants to make sure he understands. And if he is not clear, he will ask again. It is something that is extremely important. So you can have your own consumer protection is to ask questions. And if they can't answer, then it's probably not a good idea. Danny, you go ahead. Uh, two points I'd like to hit on. One, you just mentioned there, um, if they can't answer the question, then there's probably something fishy going on. That's a big tell. Uh, if somebody doesn't feel comfortable answering the question, that may be because they don't know. That's that's a given. But if they don't then say, let me get back to you on that. I got to ask a, I got to ask my boss or ask my colleague that. That's cool. But if they say, if they kind of um, hedge away from responding, or they they kind of a, a avoid the question. A couple that's a, that's a red flag, something to pay attention to. Second thing I, I like to hit on is uh, what I already mentioned about you don't always have to necessarily go for the the new shiny thing in the corner. You don't you don't have to do that. Stick with what you know. Stick with what you understand. And then to Tim's point, if you don't understand but you want to learn, then take the time and learn. Go for it increase your circle of competence that's what that's what you do on a daily basis you 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 learn you you compound knowledge there's nothing wrong with that 
There's nothing wrong with investing in something that you learn about. But perhaps I would then say, if you're going to invest in something that's new to you, don't invest a lot. Don't invest a, a, a lot relative to your, your net worth or your investable assets, whatever metric works for you. Don't put yourself at risk. That's the most important thing that I would want anybody to take away from this is do not endanger the, 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 your base, the, the base, the structure that you live upon. Do not risk yourself or your family uh, by investing in something that could potentially wipe you out or could potentially leave you vulnerable if you had to, for example, fix your car or something like that. You didn't have the money, you go into credit card debt. Those things can cycle and compound and put you in a position that you don't want to be. So don't ever invest in something that one, you're not comfortable with, two, you don't understand, three, is too too expensive relative to the value that you think it's worth, and um, fourth, into something that could endanger your, your financial base. I love it. Thank everybody for taking the time to listen to the thing I talk about private investments. And as we both mentioned, if you do want to be educated or have questions, please feel free to reach out. We're always happy to talk about this subject. Nathaniel, thank you for your knowledge. And we appreciate everybody for listening today. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Tim. Like and subscribe. Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security, on any specific broker-dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments, broker-dealer or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.